Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Ashton Smith joining us. Ashton is the founder of The Authentic Woman, a platform that leads women to cultivate radical confidence and pursue their wildest dreams by awakening to their self-worth and breaking down their big dreams into daily action items. She loves working closely with women who are ready to grasp their inherent worth, tap into their power, and use their unique gifts and talents to make a big impact in the world. Guys, This conversation is so important. Whether you struggle to adopt self-love or you struggle with body image or you really just want to walk away encouraged and empowered, this conversation is for you. I have watched Ashton start a amazing community over at The Authentic Woman and I know that she has a gift, a unique talent for bringing this conversation to the table and creating connectedness in the midst of bonding over self-love. So I know you're going to love this conversation and I can't wait to dive in. But one thing first, if you love it, can you screenshot this episode Tag Ashton and I and tell us what you loved about this episode over in your Instagram stories. Not only does it offer us valuable feedback for what you loved about the conversation, but it also helps spread the word about the Radiant Podcast. So double whammy, win-win. Let's dive in, guys. I can't wait for you guys to get to know my friend Ashton. Hey, Ashton. Hey. I am so excited to have you on today. I love everything you do with The Authentic Woman. So I would love for you to start by telling us who you are, what you do, the heart behind The Authentic Woman, how it came into fruition, all the things. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Ashton Smith. I am an East Coast girl. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I turned 25 in May. Um, I am an avid coffee drinker. I collect plants and pottery pieces that I don't need. Um, (laughs) All the things. I'm just sharing a few fun facts so you can get to know me a little bit. Um, I got married last year, so I'm a newlywed. Um, I got married on St. Patrick's Day, which is super interesting. And Yeah. I also have a birthmark in my left eye. So that's a really fun fact for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so I, gosh, where do I even begin? So growing up, um, I grew up in a household with an amazing family. My dad is um, just one of the wisest businessmen I've ever met. Um, And so he has like this big entrepreneurial side to him and he actually built up a multi-million dollar company. And then my mom is the complete opposite, whereas she is this artist and creative and she's so talented. And so I really do come from a household of opposites. And so all that to say, when I went to college, I was confused. I was like, what am I going to do? Like I, cause I felt that pull of those two parts of me, um, being entrepreneurial minded and also being a creative and being like, where, where do I fit? Like, what, what is my life supposed to look like? What is a job supposed to look like for me? So, um, I ended up going to school for business because I was like, well, how, you know, how much more broad can you get than a business administration degree? Um, and I, 
felt throughout my entire college career like I never fit in. I just felt like the black sheep because so many people were going for these big corporate jobs. And I was like, that is just so not me. I had that big creative piece that I just wasn't satisfying yet. And so, you know, I went through years of just not knowing what I wanted to do, even going through college, just kind of going through the motions of like, okay, I'm just going to get this degree and I'll figure it out one day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I graduated college in 2016 and I started at an office job with really no role. Um, because again, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just got an office job, basically filing paperwork and learning all of the admin side, um, learning how to do payroll and kind of just picking up tasks wherever they needed me. And I did that for about a year, just kind of going through the motions because I feel like I was truly like just wanting to stay numb to the fact that I had no idea like where I fit. Um, because I didn't know of a job that felt exciting and much less like attainable and achievable. Um, and so what I would do whenever it was really slow in the office is I would just scroll through blogs. Um, I've always been a writer. I've always loved journaling. At one point in my life, I think I had about eight to 10 journals, each with a different purpose. Yeah. And they were like, I'm, I've never been one of those people that starts a journal and doesn't finish. So like when I say I had eight, like I was actively (laughs) writing in eight (laughs) of them. Yeah. So I've always loved writing. I've always loved reading. So I found myself just scrolling through blogs and kind of, you know, giving into that mentality of like, man, like, her life looks so amazing. Like it just must've been easy for her. Like I'll never be able to like, you know, have a job that's, you know, that satisfying or fun. And I was in that thought pattern for a few months. And I vividly remember this one day, it was the middle of summer and here in Raleigh, it gets really hot and humid. It was just kind of a miserable day. And I was like, scrolling through a blog and I had this thought, I was like, Ashton, what are you doing? Like, you literally have the power and the opportunity to create the life that you want to show up for things that you're passionate about, even if it's imperfect. And that day I reached out to my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband. Um, and I was like, Hey, do you think that you could help me throw together like a website? I just want to start a blog, maybe help me put a logo together. Um, and he said, yes. So I started my first blog um, and it was called Altogether Beautiful. And that started at the, I think the very beginning or the middle of 2017. And at the beginning, it was more of a lifestyle blog and it was about fashion and personal growth and just literally everything. Because again, I had no idea what I was passionate about. Um, And I've always had perfectionist tendencies. So for me to like start something without it feeling perfect was already like (laughs) a huge deal. Um, So basically I ran that blog for several months and um, by taking that action and blogging and just kind of, you know, dipping my toe in the water, I started to see like what I liked, what I didn't like and what I was really passionate about um, and what I kind of just did because it, you know, quote unquote, sounded right or looked right or what, or it was what everyone else was doing. So I kind of sifted between all of that stuff. And I realized that I was really passionate about 
creating community. And I didn't want to just have a blog space that was all about me. I wanted to create a space that was for the everyday woman. And I wanted it to be a safe haven for women to come and share their hearts and share their stories. And I wanted them to feel safe to do that, to be raw, to be real, to be authentic. Um, And I also was really passionate about breaking past societal norms and the standards that women are expected to meet in our society, you know, whether it's, you know, our body image or, you know, starting a business and feeling intimidated because we are women. I wanted to have conversations that were really real and raw. And that is how the authentic woman was born. So basically I rebranded everything. Um, and so that is really where the authentic woman started. And we also, started doing biannual magazines because I wanted to be a place that stood for authenticity. And what better way to do that than in a form of media that is usually so fake and so degrading to women. And so that was really important to me to be a source of positive media, not only on my social medias, but also in this magazine, um, yeah. And so that's really like how it all happened and how my current like blog space was born. And then even from there, I've learned more about what I'm passionate about. I started a membership, but there was so much leading up to that. And so really it just like the moment I dipped my toes in the momentum just got going and here I am. <laughs> Man, I have so many questions. First, I love what you have been doing with the authentic woman. And second, one thing I want to talk about is kind of that tension probably after you launched your blog, you were enjoying it, but you felt this kind of momentum or something building up inside of wanting it to be for all women, not just a blog about you. So how did you navigate that transition and the rebrand? Because I know that probably came over the course of, you know, a few months, at least a few weeks, you know? Oh yeah. Um, How did you navigate that? Because I feel like sometimes we get discontent with our brand and we just can't see what's next, but often feeling that tension and, and what builds up to that moment is, is what becomes the stepping stone to step into what you were made to do, but you would never get there if you didn't feel that tension first. So can you kind of expand on like what that felt like and how you made that transition? And did you ask friends, like, how did you decide, okay, I'm going to go in a totally similar, but different direction of, you know, I'm just going to pivot. How did you decide to pivot? How long did it take you? I would love for you to kind of expand on that. Yeah, for sure. So I would say it took probably five to six months from like the birth of my original blog to making the full like rebrand. And so basically it started out, like I said, with me just dipping my toe in the water and basically blogging. I wasn't even really building a business. I was just kind of creating an online space and seeing what that felt like. And so a lot of what I would do at the time was look through Pinterest and see like what was really popular, what were people talking about and, you know, what could work to turn a blog into a business. And I was just exploring that. And so what I found myself doing was really tackling topics that everyone else was tackling because like I said, I didn't know where my place was yet. I didn't know where I fit in. And so I just kind of explored what other people were talking about. And there was 
this one blog post I did and I can't remember the title, but it was all about how we as women need to really challenge societal norms. And it was a little bit about my journey with body insecurity and early signs of an eating disorder and how society, if we're not careful, the content we consume can actually, well, the content we consume really does create and dictate the, the life that we lead. And so we really have to be careful about the content we consume. And so I wrote a blog post and it was a really good one because it was something I was deeply passionate about. But without those like blog posts before that, I never would have realized that that's what I wanted to talk about. And so after I published that blog post and I opened up about challenging the standards we are required to live up to and a little bit about my own personal journey, I had such a massive response to it rather than the other posts I had been posting. And it kind of proved to me like, okay, this is kind of where you fit in. This is a little bit closer. We're inching closer to like what you're really passionate about and what you really want to talk about. And so a lot of that transition, although it did happen, you know, on the blog, a lot of it was internal as well. It was being willing to start opening up about my own journey, specifically with body insecurity and struggling with, you know, perfectionism and feeling like a fraud and really all of the things that have been a part of my journey. And, you know, I think when we as women see another woman share something really vulnerable, we feel like a sigh of relief. And that's the best way I can explain what happened. I had such a positive response to simply being vulnerable and real. And that is kind of what showed me like, okay, this is what it's about. Like, it's not about making the like five ways to do this or three ways to do this. It's about being real. It's about sharing our story. You know, we talked about that even before this call. It's just it's about sharing your story. That's what people relate to. And that's what matters. Um, the real raw stuff, not the, you know, 10 ways to get here. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like, you know, part of our conversation earlier is we've been in such a glossy space. You know, I talk about this all the time with Instagram. It was so glossy, so polished at first. And now people are responding so much more to behind the scenes things. Um, You're even seeing fashion bloggers being in a dressing room, posting a picture with a bad filter saying, would you rather see this versus styled shoots? And people are saying that people are responding with a resounding yes. You know, like Mm -hmm. people are just hungry for real life um, because I think living up to these glossy standards has really taken a toll on us. I think we're exhausted. So how does that play out in your magazine? I know obviously that's the major heart behind your brand. How do you cultivate that in the content you create, in the membership you have? How do you cultivate, you know, continuous authentic content? Because it takes a lot of intentionality. Mm, Yeah. So a lot of it started with me just living it out And that looks like, you know, doing the work outside of your platform. And, you know, that's still a conscious daily choice, but it is something that you have to personally live out. You have to come to peace with your story and you have to be willing to show up imperfectly, which is something I struggled with for so long. Um, because, you know, Instagram used to be a place where perfection was kind of expected. And now it's like opening up and we feel like we can share more honestly, which is really powerful. But, Um, as far as cultivating that in community, um, 
I'm really trying to shift gears even in our blog space to be way less of the steps to get somewhere and a lot more of like raw and real. And I want to talk about the things that we as women, we face every single day, but we don't often talk about. And that's also what the magazine does. It's, um, it always has a theme, but it's always featuring raw, real stories on things like postpartum depression or revealing like epic failures in your business or talking about women and their journey with accepting their body, addiction, mental health and wellness and um, what that looks like. So we talk about a lot of different things um, because I want women when they leave any area of, you know, my my source of the internet or my, my space in the internet, my website, my social medias, I want them to feel like they're not alone. And I want them to know that like the ups and downs of life, like that is just life. It isn't something that only happens to certain people. Like we all are going through things and that's normal. And so I always want women to feel that when they are engaging with me and our platform also in our magazine, we, and on our social media accounts, we only feature photography that is not retouched, meaning that like it, it's been edited in a, in a sense of lighting and things like that. But the women have not been edited or altered. Um, because I personally went through a journey several years ago where I would edit myself in every single photo using a simple, you know, app on my phone and I would resize my body and I would airbrush my skin and I would try to put myself together to look like this woman that I wasn't. And after breaking free from that, I really wanted to hold space for other women and hold us all responsible for just being unapologetically ourselves. And I think that we have to lead by example, which is why I feel like you know, it all comes back to that personal journey of walking it out and then leading and sharing and then cultivating that in your community and providing a space where other women can share openly and they can share the real stuff and know that they're not alone. And by sharing, you get to um, convey to other women that they're not alone either. I love that. So what has been the response specifically with body image and what are some step someone can take to start learning to love their body? Because I can imagine that mindset shift takes quite a while. It's not overnight. Um, and it takes discipline and practice. And then even in my own journey, you know, I just read a little Instagram post. It was like an illustration or a doodle and it was a girl and it said, you are made for so much more than thinking about bills and your weight. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I looked at a pie chart of my brain and how much time was spent thinking about paying bills and my body, it would be drastically disproportionate to the other things that I think about in a day. And it's a waste, like what a waste of life for your mind to be fixated on just these two topics when there's so much more. So like, what would your advice be to kind of breaking free of that? Yeah. So the number one thing that changed my relationship with my body in the very early days, um, because like I said, I, I struggled with body insecurity from teenage years into my early twenties. And a lot of that had to do with my content conception. And that is the number one thing that we can easily take control of, but so many women don't do it. And so if like, there's somebody who's looking for a place to start, I would a hundred percent 
say, start with your content consumption. So I stopped receiving magazines that were heavily edited. And the truth is we never really know. Um, We can't possibly know everything that's edited, but I stopped receiving magazines with women inside that looked nothing like me because I knew that I needed to see something else to know that I was not only good enough, but I was extraordinarily beautiful as I was. So that's the first thing I did. I also completely revamped my entire social media and I started following accounts that made me feel good. And although I know that if I see a picture of a woman and I feel less than because of her, that is a hundred percent my responsibility, right? Yeah. That is on me. And it shows, I think that those moments can be so powerful and impactful if we allow them to be, if we take responsibility and ownership of our reactions and we take time to be self-aware and be like, Hey, why did I just, why did I just discount myself because of the way that she looks? And then we can explore those feelings and, and really dig deep and come to a place of understanding. And sure, you know, give yourself the permission to unfollow that person, but know that it is not their fault that you had a reaction to what they look like. It is actually an invitation for you to search your heart and um, embark on, you know, a journey of developing deeper, a deeper sense of self-worth because really confidence comes down to self-worth. Self-worth is the foundation. It's the deeper layer of confidence, which is why I talk a lot about self-worth in my work and, you know, detaching your worth from your work and knowing that your worth as a woman, it is like unshakable. And it's not something that can be increased or decreased. It is simply something that is because you exist. And so it's cultivating practices, it's setting boundaries, you know, with your social media and your consumption, but also taking time to understand why you have certain reactions. Maybe you want to journal about it. That's something I love to do. And doing things that help you get in touch with your body, whether it's just, you know, a good workout or doing some yoga or stretching or, you know, diving into some self-care and stuff like that. But just becoming more self-aware, taking responsibility and really setting those strong boundaries. That is so good. You know, I think too, when especially around the conversation of, you know, posts that trigger you, it is not enough to simply unfollow. That's That should be the starting point, whether you unfollow or not. Often I don't because that's, a, that's the starting point for me to say I need to sit my butt in, cou- in the counselor's chair and, and really explore this because if we just mask the symptoms with a Band-Aid um, and don't deal with the root, it's never going to go away. There will always be someone else to come along and trigger us. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you know, whether you need to unfollow someone or not, and I definitely have in seasons, it just depends. But, um, I, I remember sitting, sitting across from my counselor last year and saying, it's not her problem that she triggers me. It's mine, but I need to explore this and I don't want to feel this way. I actually want to feel supportive and excited when I see her post, you know, and that could, that can pop up, you know, in any season of life in really mm-hmm. any area, whether it's body image, success. Um, whether someone has it easier than you or not, you know, uh, social media in general can just be extremely triggering, but, but that's an invitation to explore that. So you don't have to live with that insecurity anymore. And I think no one's immune to it. Exactly. And, 
you know, I know that social media has a bad rap for being a place of, you know, festering, you know, comparison and being triggered. But I think that we can be empowered to look at it as an opportunity and an invitation. Like we are constantly looking through things all the time. And if you're constantly being triggered, I think it's beautiful to look at that as an invitation to explore something and to better understand yourself rather than letting that fester. And then just like you said, putting a bandaid on the problem, eventually you have to address the root of the problem. And, and it would be a shame to go through life just masking symptoms and constantly feeling that way versus yeah. like getting some freedom. And it takes some work and some discipline to rewire our minds, especially when we be, we are exposed to content. We've been conditioned to compare. Um, it's hard to break free of that cycle. So just for those of you listening, we're in it with you. It's something I have to practice myself, but I would love for you to tell us about um, your membership, what you guys cover and talk about in there. I love that you've cultivated a space where you can continue to have this conversation in a deeper format. Yeah. So I launched my membership, um, in January of this year, 2019. And like anything else, there was so much that led up to that. Actually last fall, I had my biggest like failure and burnout moment in my business. I launched a course and it was the biggest failure ever. And it was so embarrassing. And it challenged me to like, look at myself and to really detach my worth from my work. And it was an invitation to create something new. And I felt like that's really important to mention before even diving into the membership, because we all know that there's so much that leads up to projects that are more successful projects that feel good, that feel aligned and feel right. And I feel like I finally found that with my membership. And so, um, my membership is called the awakening and it's basically a space where I help women balance their productivity and deep self care. And so we talk a lot about self-worth and, um, you know, your mindset and, it's this like one, one end of the spectrum is that it's all about mindset and that worth self-worth work. But on the other end, I also provide like practical application of what it looks like to build up your business and to be productive and consistent in your work and in your systems. Um, so it is this mesh of really practical and then also mindset and knowing that your worth is unshakable. And so it's just this blend of all that I'm so passionate about. And that's why I'm just, I'm just stoked about it. Well, thank you for even sharing about feeling like your course launching in the fall was a failure, because I think that we all have behind the scenes launches that don't go as planned, that don't work out. I actually am really loving this series by Hey Sweepy right now called Unhidden about kind of the reality of online business and especially online marketing. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of us have these moments where we invest a lot of time, energy, and money into something that doesn't go as well as the formula predicted it would. You know, we're often fed these Facebook ads that tell us we launch XYZ, we follow this formula, and we're going to make a million dollars overnight. And it's just <laughs> not that simple. 
But often the things that don't work out with a little bit of tweaking and refining can pave the way for the big thing that does. And, and I'm found, and I, I tend to have this conversation on here a lot, everything that didn't work out was a stepping stone for the things that did. Um, I'm mm-hmm. still experiencing failures today. You know, something that might not work out today will be great in a year. And I don't know exactly what that is. But I will say the things that I have running smoothly now had a lot of trial and error before we got to the expression you see front and center today. And so I love that you shared that because I think kind of this online space can be really discouraging sometimes. And we see these formulas that that condition us to believe we can launch a business and or launch an idea, even a facet of a business and it be successful overnight. But uh, the reality is, is if we started a restaurant in our community and took out a $200,000 $200, business loan, it would take us a few years to make that back, you know, to get out of the red. And so it is really challenging in the online space to, to launch things and hope they do well and hope they make back all the time, energy, tears, money <laughs> you put yeah. into it. And so I love what you allowed that to teach you and how you pivoted to form what we see now, because I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I just think it's so important to like normalize that conversation of like, you know, the ins and outs, the ups and downs, because it's so true that there's like so many little failures and pivots Um, when you see a final product that is successful, like you can't just see that one thing, although that is like all you can visibly see, you have to also account for the little moments, the little pivots, the little failures that paved the way for them to get there because the process is what prepares people for the dream. The process is what refines you and strengthens you. And it's never this like one-stop shop, like this one quick fix, like it's, Every single thing in business is a process. There's a story behind it all. Yeah, and I I really am thankful for your heart for authenticity as you tell that story because I think we need more of that in this space. And, you know, even operating within different niches within the online space, we can always relate. Like each of our listeners today probably are working on a very different dream, a very different expression um, than the next person. But when we really get transparent about how we each got to where we're getting, we're really not that different. You know, we all have to learn how to market. We all have to tweak and refine our dreams to get the final product. We're all really in this together. So I'm I'm really thankful you're willing to have a conversation that's really um, transparent for those of us listening. Um, What I would love to hear more about your journaling process because you know I just launched a journal in the Radiant shop and I've really enjoyed that time for reflection each day and sometimes that's not even every day for me but it's really been impactful as I've focused on my mental health as I built my business what obviously you have probably an even more extensive background with journaling than I do how have you found that to be impactful as you're kind of building and stewarding your dreams Yeah. So I, like I said, I've always been into journaling, but I will say that I have now condensed my journaling experience to one journal at a time, not eight, um, because it's quite overwhelming, but I love to use journaling as time for deep self-care every single day. And I want to quickly just address what that means to me. So I know self-care is a really big buzzword right now, but to me, self-care is 
basically understanding where you're at. It's taking time every single day to acknowledge how you feel and what you need and then responding to that with intentional action. So it might look like setting a boundary. It might look like finding work-life balance. It might look like sitting down and journaling. It doesn't always have to be surface level self-care, like a face mask and whatever. It could be processing emotion and holding yourself responsible, like we talked about earlier, to address moments where you're triggered, but basically responding to your daily needs. And so journaling is something that helps me do that every single day. And a practice that I like to use quite often is asking myself this series of questions. Um, How do you feel? What do you need? And what do you want? And what I find that helps me do is just become so aware of my needs that day. Some day, some days that looks really practical and it, it has more to do with my business. Like maybe I really want to plan out the next quarter or break down a launch or break down a product or a project. Um, or maybe it looks more like what I just mentioned, um, setting a boundary or practically having a glass of water or getting my body moving, but it just allows me that time to explore where I'm at what I need and what I want that day. Um, and just paves the way for deeper self-awareness, which I find makes me more equipped, um, and fueled to be able to give out of a place of overflow in my business. Oh, that is so good. Can you expand more on what it looks like to give out a place of overflow? Because I feel like most of us as business owners, especially in those early years where we have to be scrappy, we don't have unlimited funds. We don't have unlimited time. How do you stay full? How do you stay at a place where you can give out of overflow? Because that's, that feels pretty challenging for the average business owner. Yeah. So I think to be honest, it looks different for everyone. So for me, I feel like I can give from a place of overflow by choosing to prioritize myself every single day. And so I've kind of created a routine and a structure that works really well for me. So every morning I always spend, okay, well, always is pretty strong, obviously I'm not (laughs) perfect, but I generally spend at least an hour on just me. I don't touch my phone. I don't touch work. Sometimes I go on a walk. I work out. I stretch. Sometimes I journal or I read or I pray, or maybe I clean the kitchen or maybe I like make up my bed. I just try to be really present with what I'm doing with where I'm at and prioritize. I know it sounds cheesy, but really just putting myself first at the start of every day if I can, because what I find is that that allows me to feel refreshed and rejuvenated before I start my workday. And then of course, having grace for the days when you are just exhausted and giving yourself the permission to, you know, maybe show up a little bit less that day and not feel like you have to put, you know, put on a show and show up in the way that you usually would, but just having grace for yourself you know, if you're having an off day, but I really do feel like it just looks like prioritizing yourself in some capacity every single day and becoming self-aware, even, you know, if you're a mom, even if it's just for like 20 minutes in the morning, you know, it doesn't have to be this big ordeal, but just taking some time in your day to to put you first. I 100% agree. You know, I, 
have lived without a lot of margin for a long time. Um, and that is not sustainable for the long run in carrying your dreams. And when I did start implementing some time for me, it really changed my day and it made me more productive. You know, I think sometimes at the beginning, we're afraid to give any of our time to anything outside, you know, building your business and it feels so important and you've got to get it done and there's a never ending to-do list. The lie or the trap that we can fall into is I don't have time for me or I don't have time for self-care. But the reality or the truth is, is that the more you are intentional with kind of stewarding your soul in that process, the longer you can carry your dreams. So it's a discipline for me. I like to work. It's a hobby. It's fun for me. But I also like who I am better mm-hmm. when I make time for that. Yeah, it's so important. And like, it's doing it because you simply want to take care of yourself. But then also knowing that like, it is going to make you more productive. It is going to make your work more like higher quality because you're going to be giving from a place of like overflow. Like we said, it's not like you're striving and straining because you've taken that time to really pour into yourself first and to live out what you preach and to cultivate, um, just the practice of taking deep care of yourself. Yeah, I love that. Ashton, I have loved our conversation. What would your advice be for someone starting out? Really just building out any dream. Um, They're in the trenches. They're tired. Um, What would your kind of first step be for them? Hmm. I would say know that you are going to experience failure, but failure is simply an experience. It's not something you become. Um, so when you fail, don't feel like you're a fraud. You don't have to feel like you have to quit and give up. You don't have to feel like your process needs to be perfect in order for you to be worthy to show up. I just want to encourage every woman to keep going for it, to keep pressing forward and know that failure is not who you are. Um, it's simply something that you experience. It's something that is equipping you to carry out your dreams and that your worth is unshakable and it can't be increased or decreased. You're worthy because you have breath in your lungs and you don't have to fight to prove it. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Oh, that is a good word. Okay. Well, (laughs) I have a feeling that Everyone's going to want to be able to keep up with you to check out your membership. Where can everyone find you? Yeah. So my website is the authentic woman um, And my Instagram is Ashton underscore M underscore long. Awesome. It was such a joy to have you today. I loved our conversation. I think that shed light on so much of the behind the scenes of kind of building those dreams and um, kind of the, the discouragement that comes along the way, but, but normalizing that in hopes that someone who is building their dream can say, Oh, they didn't give up. It's not a defining moment. It doesn't mark me forever when I fail. It's just part of the journey and it's just a stepping stone into what's next. So thank you for joining me today. This conversation was impactful for me. You know, I can take a few notes from this. And so (laughs) I'm excited for our listeners to hear this episode and for them to keep up with you on social. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love how like cozy this conversation was, how raw 
and real it was. It was so good. Oh, hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crew neck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. 19, 20, 21. For everyone's safety, Vermont requires a seven-day home quarantine with a negative COVID-19 test to visit this winter. 28, 29. We're also recommending you take the time to do some extra squats and lunges. 34. With reduced lift and lodge capacity, you're going to have more time to spend on the slopes. So get your legs ready. 40. Vermont in winter. It's worth the wait. One. For full COVID-19 travel guidance, visit vermontvacation.com. Five. Six.